Happy Easter, Happy Resurrection Sunday. We are so glad to have you here today joining us from wherever that is. Though it's unfortunate we can't meet in person as a church family, at least we can be worshiping here together. So we're so glad to have you here. We've got a great service ahead. Let's get into it.
church. Welcome to Easter service. We're so glad you could be here with us. My name is Taylor, and let's give a shout for Jesus. Woo! Youth, don't forget that we have Zoom calls every Wednesday at 7 p.m. You can find the link on Snapchat or Facebook. Contact Kim if you have any questions. This is a great way to stay connected while everyone is at home. We are thrilled to announce that the blood drive right here at Harvest will be May 13th through the Red Cross. There's three ways that you can help out. One, give blood. You can register at red, redcrossblood.org forward slash give. Two, spread the word to others. The more blood that we can get, the better. And three, you can be praying for this event. Pray First continues to happen every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Join Pastor Mike as he goes live. Do you have the church app yet? If not, and you need help downloading it, log in to harvestalexandria.com forward slash give to view the tutorial to assist you in setting it up. There are plenty of ways to stay connected with Harvest. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at Harvest Alexandria. If you want to be added to the weekly church announcements, please fill out the connect card at harvestalexandria.com forward slash connect card. A reminder that you can still fill out prayer requests at harvestalexandria.com forward slash prayer. During this time, we want to continue to pray for you and know what your prayer needs are. Thanks for tuning in today. Enjoy the message by Pastor Mike, and I'm going to kick it over to Jack for the offering message. You may now prepare your tithes and offerings. Thank you. Easter celebrates God's promise of everlasting life. For those who choose to believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Sing with joy, sing with glee. Christ is risen, Christ is risen. His resurrection set us free. As practicing Christians, our walk with God requires us to follow His commandments. Tithing is a very important commandment. Tithing is holy to the Lord. Leviticus 27.30 a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. By freely giving one-tenth of our income, the results of our labor, we show God our trust and commitment to the relationship we have with Him. 2 Corinthians 9, 6-8 Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As you prepare your offering, Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we celebrate Easter, we are reminded of your great sacrifice. We are reminded of your great love for us, and we are reminded of your promise for everlasting life. As we look at our own lives, we are reminded of the many blessings you have given us. Thank you for trusting us to give back and for showing us how to live righteously. We trust, we love, and we believe in you, Jesus. Thank you for saving us. Sing with joy, sing with glee. Christ is risen, Christ is risen. His resurrection set us free. Happy Easter, he has risen. Well, good morning, Church for the Harvest family and friends. Uh, welcome to our resurrection service today. You know, this is the first time in... 28 years that I preached a, a Resurrection Sunday message and no one was in the audience, but I know you're out there and you're tuning in. So we just want to welcome you to Church for the Harvest uh, with this broadcast here uh, today and uh, just want to encourage you to know that there are hundreds of millions of believers across the globe that are worshiping and praising God right now, in spite of this COVID-19 and all of these restrictions uh, that have been placed upon us, they're still worshiping. So what I'm saying is, is even though this crisis has 
uh, affected every one of us and touched all of our lives, it has not stopped the celebration in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Well, uh, I have a message on my heart I'd like to share with you today and just want to jump right into that. And, uh, but uh, let me just share something uh, before I pray here, a little bit funny to kind of lighten things up. I know you've been, many of you just kind of quarantined and either at home or mom's dealing with the kids, dad trying to find an office in the house and, uh, you know, so it can, it can be quite stressful. So just a little on a lighter note, I heard about three sisters that all lived together during the COVID-19, this quarantine, and they were ages 96, 94, 92. So there, there were some elderly ladies there. And one day, the 96-year-old lady, uh, she went upstairs and she drew a bath to take a bath. And so she puts one foot into the tub and then she pauses and then she hollers downstairs, downstairs and she said, girls, I, I can't remember, was I getting in the bath or was I getting out? Well, the 94-year-old says, you know what, I don't know, I'll come up and and see what's going on. And so she starts to go up, her second sister, halfway up the stairs, she stops and she pauses. She says, I can't remember if I was going up or coming down. Well, the 92-year-old sister shook her head and said, man, I hope I never get that forgetful. And she knocked on wood for good luck. And, and then she said, hang on, I'm coming. I'll come upstairs and help both of you as soon as I see who's at the front door. <laughs> well, amen. God bless you. Let's take a moment and pray and ask for, for God's blessing over this message. Lord God, we humble ourselves before you. I thank you for all those that have, that have tuned in and that are listening uh, uh, here to this message. And I pray your presence in your grace and your anointing, Lord, would just fill the room right where they're at, that they would be encouraged this Easter, Resurrection Sunday, Father God, and that, Lord, your presence would reach out right to where they're at and minister to them and strengthen them. Challenge us today, we ask, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. My text is going to be in Mark uh, chapter 15, verses 43 and 46. I'm kind of jump around and I'm going to put us on the fast track, but I have a lot to cover I want to share with you. And I titled my message, Caring for Christ's Body, Caring for Christ's Body this Resurrection Sunday. Um, my text, let me just jump in. Uh, Joseph of Arimathea is an interesting uh, a person in the New Testament. The Bible says in Mark chapter 15 that Joseph of Arimathea was a prominent member of the Sanhedrin who himself was looking forward to the kingdom of God. He came and boldly went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. After he brought some linen cloth, Joseph took him down, wrapped him in linen, laid him in a tomb, cut out of the rock and rolled stone against the entrance of that tomb. You know, as a kid, you know, you read the Bible and you hear about these stories and I don't know, but I would imagine each of us could have wondered. So, you know, I wonder what it would have been like to, to been there at that time and, and to, have, to have witnessed or seen this miracle or that situation, whether it was Moses when he uh, got the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. That would have been cool to have been there and the finger of God writing in the stone or uh, the scene uh, where Moses, he opens the Red Sea. Man, what a demonstrative moment. Uh, or I think of David when he slays Goliath and Abraham when he hears from God and God speaks to him and, and calls him out. And Joshua, he leads the children of Israel into the promised land and the walls of Jericho come down. And, you know, I begin to think of those things and throughout my life. And, and I don't know if when we get to heaven, the Lord's going to have a digitalized high definition of that time back then maybe maybe not I would imagine our God's creative he could do anything but I think of you know I wish I, I could have been there and seen those things and we know we can't go back in time but but then a, a few months ago I was thinking about this message I was I was reading the scripture here in Mark which is in all of the four gospels this story about Joseph of Arimathea and this tremendous I have this emotion. I, I, I got pretty welled up as I was reading, and I thought, you know what? That's who I wish I was with or could have been with, Joseph of Arimathea. You say, why? Because he helped heal 
the body of Christ. I want to talk to you today about that. Being, doing, stepping up to the plate, being our part, being all in for Jesus, helping heal the body of Christ. And so it really blessed me. Joseph of Arimathea, well, so who was this guy? Um, He was a Bible figure. He played a very important role in the burial of Jesus, uh, as we just read, and his account can be found in each of the four Gospels. He is called Joseph of Arimathea because he came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and they label that so they would distinguish him from other Josephs in the Bible, according to Luke 23. Well, there's, well, there's not much information in the Bible about Joseph of Arimathea, but there are certain things we can glean from this text and other texts. So in Luke chapter 23, verse 50, we learn that Joseph of Arimathea was actually a part of the council of the Sanhedrin. So he was a part of that ruling body there, the religious body. The Sadducees and then the Pharisees and then there was the Sanhedrin council. And they were a group of religious leaders who called for Jesus' crucifixion. They wanted him crucified. Well, as we read in verse 51, we see that Joseph, Joseph was opposed to the council's decision and was, in fact, he was like, if I could say it this way, a secret believer in Jesus. <laughs> kind of an oxymoron, but we see that here, a secret believer. He said, how can you be a secret believer of Jesus? Well, he was one. And <clears throat> see, Joseph, he believed in Jesus, but watch this. He wasn't all in. What do you mean, Pastor Mike? In other words, G- Joseph, he, he bought into Jesus, but he never sold out to Jesus. Come on, somebody needs to say amen to that. <laughs> and he wasn't totally sold out for the Lord, but, but he was a believer. He was a believer. Now I'm going somewhere. Follow with me. Now the Bible refers to Joseph as a good and upright man in Luke 23, 15. And so we, after the death of, of, of Jesus, and uh, we'll touch on this again, but he takes great risk and he goes to Pilate and, and his reputation and he goes to the governor and he requests Jesus' body. Amazing, amazing. And Nicodemus, that other Pharisee, uh, that religious man who is kind of a secret follower, uh, he visited Jesus at night and he questioned about God's kingdom in John chapter 19. He went with Joseph of Arimathea. So interesting, these two secret believers, if I could say it that way, they became bold. They, they had this all-in moment where they stepped up to the plate and, and, and they, they made this decision we got to do something. We got to act. I'll get back to it in a moment. So, a little history here. Let me just give a, a little history. Uh, scripture says the two men were granted custody of Jesus' body, and they immediately began to pre- prepare Jesus' body for the burial. And there was certain things they had to do. Following Jewish custom, they would wrap the body in strips of linen, and they mixed in myrrh and aloe and spices. And and but it was the day of preparation or the sixth day of the week, just before the Jewish Sabbath. So it was late in the day, and they had to hurry up. They had to get that body in the grave. So Joseph and Nicodemus, they quickly placed Jesus' uh, body in Joseph's own tomb, Joseph of Arimathea's own tomb that he had hewed out for him when he would die. And it was in the garden. It was near the place of the crucifixion. So unbeknownst to these two guys, watch this, their choice to put Jesus in Joseph's tomb, watch this, fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy spoken hundreds of years before about Jesus' death. Isaiah 53, 9, it says, he was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich. Amazing. In his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. You know what? This is one of the many, many prophecies that have confirmed Jesus' identity, that he was the Messiah. He was the Son of God. Somebody say amen. Now, the day after Jesus' burial, the chief, the, you know, the, uh, the chief priests and the Pharisees, um, they wasted no time. They went uh, to, to, to uh, 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 Pilate and they said, hey, you know what? We, we want uh, a stone in front of that tomb and, and they put it, but we want guards out there because we don't trust. This guy said, this guy, this deceiver, they call him, they said, he said he, you know, he was going to rise from the dead, so we don't want anything to happen, so place guards there and that's, uh, you know, to ensure that nobody tries to steal the body and say he was resurrected. 
Well, how many know their plans were thwarted? <laughs> and actually, just having those Roman soldiers there sealing it is another prophetic testimony of the validity of Christ the Messiah and how those guys' lives could be lost for not, you know, doing their job. So that's another whole message. In Matthew 27, 63 and 64, uh, these guys cited that he, they, he claimed he's going to rise from the dead. Well, in Matthew 28, we know that no matter how hard they try, Jesus rose from the dead. Amen. So I want to just now kind of deviate a little bit here for a few moments to some, I would call them extra biblical traditions. It's not in the Bible. You're not going to read it. But if you read some, some of the older texts and historical books, and it, it's not Bible, but there's some interesting reflection but I just think it bears talking about Joseph of Arimathea at this time in this message. And I just want to share some of you and just let you know that it's not in the Bible, but there's some interesting things about this man. And so, so some of the traditions passed down about Joseph of Arimathea, um, <clears throat> the, you can, once again, cannot prove that they're accurate, but they're interesting. Um, there is speculation that, that Joseph was the uncle of Mary, the mother of Jesus. <clears throat> Interesting. And the relationship to Mary made him a great uncle of Jesus. So from this, we may assume that he was an elderly man at the time of the crucifixion. So almost like a grandfather figure to Jesus. And some claim that Joseph of Arimathea was a, a merchant in metals, that he dealt with tin and, and, and metals. He was very wealthy. Scripture talks about that. And that some traditions say that he would take Jesus with him on his business trips to England, to India, to even South America. Once again, this is in the Bible. This is extra biblical, but I find that interesting. You know, we don't know if he actually did go to these places or not. But what we do know, what is a well-documented fact, is that Britain at that time in history led the world with its tin mining. And Joseph of Arimathea was referred to by the Romans as a minister of tin mines. That's interesting. To the Roman government. That's how they, 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 they titled him. <clears throat> now we know Joseph of Arimathea was not one of the 12 apostles original. But he was a disciple of Jesus. And this was an important, uh, 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 that was an important point, being there, loving the Lord, albeit he was a secret disciple. So <clears throat> an interesting point. Even though, once again, I'll tell you that Joseph Armathia had attempted to keep his love for Jesus a secret, when the time of the crucifixion happened, and he witnessed this, and he saw what was going on, the Bible says he went boldly to Pilate to ask for the body of Jesus and that his body be placed in his trust. That was huge. That was a very significant step on Joseph's part. Say, so what do you mean? I want you to see this. Notice that it was Joseph of Arimathea. It wasn't Mary, the mother of Jesus. It wasn't Mary Magdalene, who he cast out seven demons. There wasn't any out of the apostles that were entrusted with this act of taking Jesus down from the cross. Because why? Well, most of the disciples, they fled. They took off and ran. But when it really mattered most for him to come out of secret, watch this, to step up to the plate, he acted. He took a step of faith. Wow. He went from a secret believer to a vocal public believer. And some of you may be listening to me right now, and you're hunkered down in there, and, and uh, you, know, you know, time will resume here. Hopefully sooner than later, we'll be back to the routine and to work. And, and, and that, that term, secret believer, that speaks to you. You're a secret believer. You haven't been all, you haven't stepped all in. You're, you're kind of like Nicodemus or you're, or you're, you're like Joseph of Arimathea. But you know what? God is calling you today to take the next step of faith to be all in for him. Can you say amen? I believe that. I believe that for your life. I kind of think about it. You know, I used to love the, the, tell, the cartoon show growing up as a kid, Popeye. I used to love Popeye. Well, I didn't like spinach, so my brothers and I, we invented drinking pickle juice. That, spinach would have been a lot better. But we would go run around and drink pickle juice and, you know, kind of go like this and pretend we were super strong. And it did nothing but just give us tummy aches. But anyhow, uh, I think Joseph had a Popeye moment is what I'm trying to say. And it, he came to kind of his senses and he stepped into the plate. He goes, I need to act. There's, there's another step in this walk of just believing in Jesus. There's another, there's another realm I need to go to and, and this is it. 
And he did that. He did that. Wow. I think about, I think about that, that moment for him and how it, it totally changed the, the course of history as we read about this man now and that he's been noted in all of the four Gospels, which is significant. He had his Popeye moment. You know, I think about it. If Jesus hung on his cross, how many of you know that we can certainly each carry ours? And that's what God is calling each of us to, to carry our own cross individually. He said his burden is easy and it's light, but there is a cross for us to bear and to carry. Now, according to various historical sources, Joseph's actions, uh, it actually provoked the Roman and Jewish elders. And history says that he actually did spend some time in prison for his support of Jesus. So it did cost him coming out and stepping out. Here's the thing. When the time came, Joseph, he acted in a way that made his faith public. Hmm. Luke wrote in his gospel that Joseph disagreed with the Sanhedrin in their attempt to do away with Jesus, but the opposition alone might not have fully exposed him as a disciple of Jesus. He was just vocal that he disagreed in the Sanhedrin. However, when there was no doubting this guy's commitment, uh, when he boldly went to Pilate to ask for the body of Jesus, at that point, everyone knew this guy is all in. His request was astonishing because Joseph stood to lose everything. The Bible says in Matthew 27, 57, that he was wealthy. He could have lost his wealth. Wow. His influence as a member of the Sanhedrin, his reputation, even his own life. What a step of faith for this man to come out of the closet, if I could say, and to be all in. From being a secret believer to a vocal believer to Jesus. Well, regardless of the cost, <clears throat> Joseph, we know with Nicodemus, <clears throat> they went and they took off and they went to, to uh, uh, Pilate to ask for the body of Jesus and there was no turning him back, no turning back. And, <clears throat> you know, I think about the only way to predict the future is to create it. I love that statement. Let me say that again. The only way to predict the future is to create it. What do you mean? In other words, when we decide to do, hear me, the right thing today, that ensures our victory tomorrow. Somebody needs to say amen to that. When we decide to do the right thing today, that ensures our victory for what God has for us tomorrow. Say, so what's the future hold? When we do the right thing and we keep acting the right way, yeah, we may stumble, we may fall, we get back up. Amen? Yeah, remember, you, you, you've heard me say this before. If you're going to fall, fall forward because you're going to gain six foot one inch. Amen? Get back up. Get back up. Fall, fall towards the Lord. Get back up. Don't stay down. Somebody needs to say amen with that. And so, so this guy was all in, all in now, the decisions he made. And so he decided to do the right thing. So what, what if, very quickly, a couple things that we can learn from Joseph, and then we'll conclude here. Number one, I would say, don't follow the crowd. Don't follow the crowd. He had a faith in Jesus, and he was considered a disciple, <clears throat> even though he was part of the Sanhedrin, but uh, as a, that group was bitterly opposed to, to Christ, we know that as we just read, but, but he held to his beliefs in Jesus and, and he, he, he grounded himself in his faith and he stepped out. He became all in, all in. And so, so I want to encourage you, don't follow the crowd. The crowd is leading nowhere. The crowd, the crowd leads over a cliff. I mean, the crowd is so fickle. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Amen. And that leads me to this, my second point. Follow Jesus. Don't follow the crowd. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Or I could say it this way, continue to follow the Lord. Continue to follow the Lord. You know what? We cannot be the hands and feet of Jesus sitting on our butts. Amen? <laughs> we can't. Why? Because faith is action. Faith is decision. You decide to believe. And God wants you to make some decisions today, I believe, that's going to determine your future. It's, it's just one decision away. And so, so once again, we don't know how vocal this guy was in the Sanhedrin, um, but we know that he was against their plans. He was against their plans. But we do know for certain that this guy, he risked everything in asking Pilate for the, for the body of Jesus. You know, Jesus said in Luke 9, 24, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Mm. But whoever loses his life because of me or for the sake of the kingdom will gain life. Hmm. What an interesting verse. 
follow Jesus. <clears throat> you know, our act, watch this, our acts of obedience today can turn into someone else's miracle tomorrow. Did you get that? Let me say it again. Your act of obedience today can turn into someone's miracle tomorrow. You all recently heard about a story of uh, a woman that was engaged to be married. And um, this uh, fiance, he bought her an expensive engagement ring. And, and then all of a sudden, uh, she came to church. She was really distraught. And uh, the pastor talked with her. And she said, you know what? He broke up with me. He just, he just walked away. He abandoned the whole thing. Took the whole thing off. And, and she said, I don't know. And she was devastated, this woman. She was crushed, just broken. And so she had her engagement ring, which was, had some value to it. It was quite, quite expensive. And so she went into the church and... And, uh, and, and, and she said, you know what, Pastor, I need to give this ring to the church. And, and he said, well, why are you going to do this? She said, you know what, I'm in a lot of pain right now. This hurts. This is a great sacrifice for me. But, but maybe out of my pain, my suffering, my obedience in this will be a blessing and a miracle to someone else's life. So the pastor said, okay. Well, a few months go by, and there's a young couple that were really struggling financially. They came to the church, and, and they wanted to get married, and he had some strongholds in his life. He needed to break free, and he was all in, and he was serving, and he was loving on God, and he was getting right with the Lord, and, and both of them were trying to do the right thing. But every time they began to save up money for a ring, oh, the car would break down. They'd need new tires. or I mean, it was all these issues, and, and it was just it was difficult. And at that time, they were actually living together. And the pastor encouraged him and said, you know what? You need, to, you need to stop living together. You need to start doing right. If you're going to be all in for the Lord, you've got to be all in in obedience. And so he did that. And that cost him. So he had to get at a different apartment, pay his own rent. And, and so it was a struggle, a struggle. But they, would, they made a decision, hear me, to do the right thing. To do the right thing. And... Uh, the short of the story is, is that, that uh, they came to this point where they decided to be married and, and they were praying and asking God that they needed a ring and the pastor said, you know what, this is it. So he gave them that ring and they used that for the wedding and that, that was a huge blessing, a miracle in that couple's life because they decided to do the right thing but it started with a woman that actually was in pain and was in a difficult uh, agonizing situation, but she became a miracle for somebody else. Wow, powerful story. See, our obedience often comes with a steep price tag, but how many of you know that the, our warranty is out of this world? Amen? <laughs> so, quickly, number three, trust in God's timing. I want to encourage you, trust in God's timing. Joseph probably had no idea the days or weeks before the crucifixion, but that he would be the one that would honor the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Messiah, God's Holy Son, that he would be the one to care for his body. Wow, amazing. Trust in God's timing. And when the time came, he stepped out in faith. He was in the right position, in the right place. And, you know, I think about this. A lot of times we wait, and we, you know, we wait, and we say, Lord, we're waiting on you, O Lord. We're waiting on you. And God has already given us a green light. How many, how many know that? We already are educated way beyond the level of our obedience. <laughs> In other words, it isn't another sermon necessarily which you need. It is this. We don't need to know more. We didn't need to do more with what we already know what's true. Did you get that? Let me say that again. We don't need to know more. We need to do more with what we already know what's true. You need to say amen to that. That's the truth. We have way too much knowledge. God is looking not for more knowledge, but obedience, obedience. You know, in the end, I want the Lord, just what I believe all of you too uh, would desire, the Lord to say this, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Isn't that right? That's what you want. But here's the thing. Jesus is not going to say, watch this, well-educated, faithful servant, well-gifted, Faithful servant, or well, good intentions, or or guess this one. Hey, well, rich, faithful servant. You had a lot of money saved up when you died, or or some good intentions, or or or, or, or well, nice thoughts. No, Jesus is going to say, "Well done." See, faith is action; it's decision. Amen. We can't work our way into heaven, for by grace we were saved. We know that. But and it's not of ourselves. But you know what? God is going to tell each and every one of us. 
and I want to hear this from my Lord and Savior is, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not good intentions you had. That's not what he's going to say. <clears throat> so, you know, as I kind of wind down here, even though our nation is in a crisis mode, we're in lockdown, you know, how many know that we can still, this doesn't restrict God's power from moving in and through our lives. Hear me. These lockdowns, these restrictions, these distancing, all of that. Yeah, we may not be in physical proximity with the people we love and the church family we want to connect with and, and be around and extended family and all that. But we can still be, hear me, spiritually in the right place in the right time to act when the time comes. To speak that word of encouragement, <clears throat> the point is, and my point is, we need to be ready. We need to be ready. And so for Joseph of Arimathea, the opportunity arrived, he stepped out. And so I want to encourage all of you that are listening here today, I want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit, what is the opportunity that is awaiting you? And what is, what is he dealing with you right now? Where maybe you've been in the sidelines and you've just kind of been that secret believer, not really stepping out, or you're the spiritual chameleon and, you know, maybe at work or whatever, and you really not really stood up and you chime in when there's nasty jokes going on or there's some vulgar things being spoken and you're just part of it. You're not distancing yourself from that and taking a step. This is a day, this is a great day for you to step out of that and become all that God's called you to be. Amen? And so, so you, there's opportunities. You know, dads, maybe you're at home, you have more time with your kids. Some of you think, yes, I know, I can't get anything done. Do you know what? Let's use this time, dads. Come on now, men. Let's use this time to where we not only uh, pray with our children, but we pray for our children. All right? And you say, well, my kids, I'm empty nester. You know, we can still pray in a distance. I'm constantly sending my kids and text and tell them I'm proud of them. I love them. And send them a verse now and then. And just let them know that, that I care for them and, and, and on them. And I imagine many, many of you would, are already doing that. But let's, let's cut, step it up a notch to pray for one another. Let's lead in that and, and speak into your kids' lives and getting to know them better in this season. Well, going back to what I started off in my illustration about a, who do I wish I could have been around or have been in the Bible times, and I really wish I was Joseph of Arimathea or I could have been with him. Say why. You know, the Bible says he bought fine linen. That cost him. It cost him of his own money. He went out and purchased it with his own. He sacrificed. He took Jesus down from the cross. Now, understand what that means. It, it, he didn't just go up there. Those spikes were in our Lord and Savior's, his hands, in his feet. And in that moment, he had to pry those spikes out. And he had to gently, he didn't let his hand fall. He had to gently rest that hand down. And they would wrap him. They had to pull that, that spike out of his feet and, and, and his body that was bruised. And, and then once he was loose, they, him and Nicodemus, they had to gently, without dropping him, they had to gently bring him down. And what, what is this? This is a picture of caring for Christ's body. I wish I could have been there to be part to heal the body of Christ. But you know what? We cannot go back in time church we cannot go back in time but you know I want you to notice 1 Corinthians 12 27 watch this it says the Bible says that now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of the body of Christ so no we cannot go back in time to heal the physical body of Christ but you know what we can heal the body of Christ today Amen. That's powerful. We can do all, we can all do our part to help bring healing to not only Christ's body, but to people that are lost, that are broken. We can be instruments of healing. Amen. We can be attentive to the voice of the Spirit. You know, someone once said, we need to stop playing not to lose and start playing to win. Wow. That's convicting. Stop playing not to lose, keeping it safe, but start playing to win. God wants us to win. Be women, men, excuse me, and women of faith that are all in, that are all in. And not allowing a spirit of fear to control our lives, which has so permeated our society. 
a spirit of fear. You know, someone once said about fear, if you let fear dictate your decisions, you will live defensively, reactively, and cautiously your whole life. And you won't really amount to do much of anything for God's kingdom because you allow fear to dictate your life. Let's not be those people. Amen, church? Amen. <clears throat> you know, legend says, and it tells us about Joseph of Arimathea when I conclude. <clears throat> Once again, this is not in the Bible, but legend says that he went to, to Britain and London, <clears throat> excuse me, in England, and he started the first Christian church there. And it was said when he landed there, and this is tradition, that he had some of the blood of Christ that he poured into a well and it became red and, and that he had one of the thorns uh, in, in Christ's crown and, and uh, he had it in his staff and he stuck that in the ground and there's a famous tree there today that continues to grow that's unique only in, in Palestine and it's there in, in England. So uh, extra biblical stuff, but uh, interesting. But what we do know that is true that, that it was said that 18,000 people in one day were born again because of Joseph of Arimathea. Wow. So here he was, was a, a secret believer. And then towards the end of his life, God used him mightily because he stepped out in faith. He stepped out in faith. And I'm just kind of kind of end with this, what I thought was very, very powerful. Uh, it, it, Joseph, it was believed that he converted thousands of people to the Christian faith, including prominent kings and dignitaries, they were saved because of his testimony, because of his witness of faith, because of his boldness, because he was all in. And it's said that at his death, watch this, at his death, at the age of 86, that he was so respected in the community, in that region, that six kings came down and they bore his coffin to his funeral. Wow, that is powerful. For a man years ago <clears throat> who took a step of faith and was bold. How many of you know our God is a God that will reward you? And when you sacrifice and you give of your life to him, he's a God that's more than enough. And Joseph of Arimathea helped heal the body of Christ and cared for it. And Jesus took care of his body in his death. And six kings carried his coffin. Amazing. What an amazing story. This man sacrificed. He gave of himself. He helped heal the body of Christ. My brothers and sisters, that's a call for you and I today that we also can be men and women, especially in this resurrection season, to do our part. He said, well, what, what's, what's my first step? You know, the first step in, in being an agent of healing is you got to get right with God. You need to get your life right with God. You said, what do you mean? Some of you, you're like these secret, uh, you, you may believe or have a head knowledge of God or I don't know where you're at and where your faith is, but you're not all in. You're not all in. And God is saying this Resurrection Sunday to be all in, to be all in. You said, what do I need to do? The Bible says, repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe the good news. Hallelujah. You know what? If you're ready to take that step, say, Pastor, pray for me. <clears throat> this is the most important decision you can make. And, and what a tremendous day to do it on. Resurrection Sunday. Wow. Surrender your life afresh and new. Will you make a statement to God in heaven, the demons in hell, and your family that you're all in for God? If you say, that's me, Pastor, pray with me. Take a moment right where you're at. Just take a moment and let's pray. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for filling me with your Holy Spirit. Today, Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer, I believe you're born again. And I believe God has come into your spirit. And if you are wayward away from the Lord, the Bible says that, that his, his, his power is here to cleanse you, to wash you, and to restore you, and to heal you from all of, all of the past. And so, so what, a, what a great day, what a great testimony to give your life to Christ. And so, so as I concluded, <clears throat> I've been mentioning the last few weeks about we're a part of this in Facebook Live, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the... Uh, Unite 714, and 
I've been reading uh, uh, 2 Chronicles 7.14 for some time now, especially in this season, and us making a statement of faith as a church to do our part. You say, what do you mean? I really felt that just to challenge you all as a church family, and even if you're not part of the church family, you just tuned in, you say, you know what, I, I want to be a part of this, Pastor Mike. I'm going to ask you to take a knee. My wife's going to come up in a moment here, and, and we're going to just be on the stage, and I'm going to read 2 Chronicles 7.14, and we're going to, I don't know if you spend 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, five minutes, whatever. I would encourage you to bring your family around with you and your kids and husband and wife or, or maybe, you know, your empty nesters. What Just, you know, you and your husband. Take a moment in this holy moment on Resurrection Sunday. And as a statement of faith in humility, as we read this verse in Second Chronicles, let's humble ourselves before our God and ask him, by our posture and our statement of faith to heal our land. Amen? Amen. I'm asking my, my wife to come forward on the stage with me. And, and we are going to uh, just uh, take a knee. Take a knee right here. And, and I'm going to read this verse and uh, ask that uh, God heal our land and bring healing to, to bring an end to this COVID-19 and that I know that there are going to be tens and millions of believers because this is not just affecting the United States. We know it's, it's affecting the globe, our whole planet. It has, God is aware of what's going on. And uh, the question is not pointing fingers and who or what and why. The question is, who do we go to in these situations? And I, as a church, and my wife and I, we want our church and our church family, and we want the message out that we go to the Lord. In these desperate times, desperate times, we got to do desperate things. Amen. Take a knee, if you would, with me. Let me read. The scripture says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will hear their land. And then he goes on to say, and then my eyes shall be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. Wow. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. That was the dedication of Solomon in the temple and we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and that's for every Bible-believing church in the world I believe this is for. Friends, let's take a moment and humble ourselves before our God. Thank you. God bless you. Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Lord bless you. 